What's good, everybody? We're back to tip off another edition of a Shot of Whiskey podcast brought to you by the good people at New Amendment as a part of Beyond the Big Ten Podcast Network. You can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcast, and on YouTube at Beyond Big Ten, not spelled out, but the number 10. Also, make sure to follow along on all socials. That's Twitter, IG, and TikTok with the handle at Beyond the Big Ten. Again, the number 10, not spelled out. Also, one thing to keep in mind is the YouTube is beyond Big Ten and the socials are beyond the Big Ten. Something to just keep in mind when you're searching these things. I am former Badger All-American Jordan Taylor, and we got a little change up for you this week, man. John Lure out. I, I messed John up this week, man, with the scheduling. John's a very punctual guy, so I know I don't I don't want to put him out on Front Street like he like he messed up. That was my fault. So he is out this week. But in, we got a very special guest, a three-time Big Ten all-defensive team. Uh, led the Badgers to two fi- Final Fours in 2014 and 15. Port Washington's own and Captain America, as he was known during those runs, the one and only Josh Gasser. Josh, I say Gasser. I've been saying Gasser for years. Is it Gasser or Gasser? How are we pronouncing that? Call me whatever, whatever you, want, you want. It's Gasser, but Yash, call me what Yasha, you want. That's man. it. You also, you also messed up my time, too. So it wasn't just John. You also screwed up the time. I was, I was on the, yeah, I, I had my phone out. It, so. it is it is Black History Month, so y'all can't say nothing to me. That's You know what I'm saying? That's, you know what I'm saying? We on CP time this month, man. We messing up the time a little bit. But, man, what's good with you? How you been? Not much, man. Just uh, living the life, living the old man life. Uh Trying to follow the people who are actually still playing and watching some hoops, watching some NBA, college, following you and, and Sam along your journey and stuff from afar. But nothing too special in my world, man. Just uh, just growing are up. You, are, are you still playing? You still get on the hardwood for the people that are that are out there? Do you what what, what do you do to stay fit? You have a, you have a son now. Yeah, you can't leave out. You can't leave out, little man. You got to put that in there. No, I got no, no. I got a Peloton. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, one of the last games I played up until like a month ago was against you. Out really. In because I got that was what 2015, 2016? 2015, 2016, and then I got hurt. I got hurt. Played two two games later, and I haven't played since Dang. since 2000, 2016. So I haven't played in six seven years. And I just joined the men's league actually with Zach Morley and a couple of guys like that, Chris Borland, a couple of Badgers. Uh, so I played for the first time in six seven years uh, these past few weeks. So it felt good to get back and uh, run up and down the court and act like I know what I'm doing, but it's been fun. So the last time you played, you were getting me in foul trouble, man. I remember you were playing good old yeah, Wisconsin yeah, yeah. basketball, ripping through on me, going baseline, and gave me got me like three fouls in the first half. I had a Serbian coach who was yeah, cussing me out in like minutes. two different languages. I was hot, didn't know what was going on. That was tough. That was tough, man. But look. And somehow you're still doing uh, it. Yeah, somehow you know, you're still doing bi- it. Bionic, man. And we actually just won the cup out here. We got to give a shout out to our guy. Friend of the pod, Sam Decker. We won the BBL Cup, which is a British Basketball League Cup. It's a midseason tournament that we won um, here with the London Lions. Check it out right here. Sam Decker was the MVP of the game, so that was that was good for him. So shout out, Sam. Snaps all around, you know. And uh, you know, were you guys uh, projected to win? Or what we, was yeah, that? we were was we were like? favorites, and we came through. You know, we came through like we were supposed to. Um, so yeah, it was nice. Always always fun to get. Some hardware, as you know, um, I, I left out all your Big Ten championships as well. But you're you're no stranger to winning, so you know that you know what that's like, and you know how that feels. Uh, regardless of the level, it's always special. So, one thing we did get into, Sam Sam is my roommate or has been my roommate on the road the past couple of days. 
So we're going to break break it out before we get into the X's and O's. Wisconsin is busting out these black jerseys, man. So you got to give us your thoughts. The, the swag at Wisconsin is changing up. Sam, I hope he doesn't get too mad at me, but Sam thinks he's he's responsible for the swag because he was the first one to wear leg sleeves and get away with it at school under Coach Ryan, that is. He said all you guys were on him like Coach Ryan wasn't going to go for it, this, that, and the third. So is that accurate or not? All you guys, are you putting me in on that? All, all, you, guys, all, all you, you people, yeah. Like I cared at all? No. <laughs> I I give I give Sam and Nigel the credit. Uh, actually, Nigel Hayes, I think, was was the first one to wear you know the long sleeves under the practice jersey, mm. and and he didn't he didn't care at all. I mean, he was we, the only thing that I told him and Sam as well was if you screw up, he is gonna blame your screw up for wearing tights or wearing a long sleeve shirt under your jersey. So it, that was what it was gonna be. And just wanted to prep him that if we lose a game, you miss a blackout, you get yelled at, we get yelled at, that is going to be the reason why. And they didn't care. So from then on, just everybody else followed suit. So, uh, you know, Sam can take the credit if he wants. He was a big part of it. But um, in terms of the black unis, I like him. I don't know what you think, but I, I think they're, I think it's something different. I think it's, I like the little gold pinstripes on them and everything. But um, I guess it depends who's wearing them because some guys can't pull them off quite like others. So it depends who I'm looking yeah, at. You, you, it's about you, know, you know what? You know what's crazy <laughs> about that is Sam said that it would look better on me than it would look let, look on him. He said it looks better on black guys than it looks on white guys. So that's a uh, you know what I'm saying. Like I said, Black History Month. We won't we won't get too deep in the weeds. Yeah, <laughs> we won't get too deep in the weeds on that. But I wasn't going to name any names. I wasn't going to say Stephen Crowd doesn't pull it off like someone else does. But. <laughs> Connor Connor does it well. He's got a little Tyler Hero in him, man. He does it. He does it well. So yeah, he sure he, does. He, he rocks it well. But he sure does. I, don't know I think that one of these days we're gonna have to get Coach Ryan on the show and get some of the logic behind blaming things like that on your garments and what you're wearing. And do you got if that's the if that's you know exactly what I'm talking about. Though. I know exactly what you're talking about. If that's the case, do they get credit for going? Does that get the credit for going to the Final Four? You know, what I'm saying the new swag, the the leg sleeves, the underarm. You know. Is that that give you all the extra confidence to go to the two final fours? I don't know. That's neither here nor there. We won't we won't get too I'll, far into that. I, I'd say it was probably the looseness in general contributed, and that was just maybe the one baby step to kind of get to that next step, you know. But you know how it goes. I mean, stuff kind of spirals from there. You know, you know, being in film, being in your chair five minutes early that that changed a little bit, and just um, but yeah, I mean, that might have been the start of it. So. We'll never, we'll never know for certain, but we'll say that was the, we'll say that was a change, man. But look, we're glad to have you on the show. So let's hop into, to the natural routine. We're going to hop into the X's and O's, man. Schedule slowed down for the Badgers this week after three games last week, a tough week. Uh, me and John talked about it extensively. Losses to uh, Illinois, Maryland, and, and Northwestern, who we will see and talk about a little later on in the show. But we have we had OSU this week and currently recording, so we, we're kind of doing a little live broadcast as they as they take on Northwestern right now. But how we do it on this show, Josh, is we do things we don't things we don't like and things we like about each game. So we're going to start with the Ohio State game, and because you are a newbie, I will lead off for you. We go negative to positive, and we'll go with things we don't like first. So. One thing for me that I that I didn't like about that Ohio State game, and there was far more things to like, I thought. Um, but you know, obviously the second half, I thought the pace slowed down, or, or especially late in the second half, where I think maybe we had seven points um, or three points or something in the last seven minutes. 
which is something obviously inexcusable, something that you can't. You yeah, can't win. I don't, we, had, we didn't have a field goal. Didn't, we didn't have a field goal. In the didn't have minutes. a field goal in the final seven minutes. Um, the also thing, it seemed to me that Tyler Wall was kind of forcing things down the stretch. I don't know. Maybe his ankle is still not right would be my guess. Um, he's still trying to get that rhythm back. Um, and then the last thing I'll, t- I'll speak on before I let you go is kind of Carter Gilmore. If he's going to be, I thought he, I think he's done an amazing job kind of filling in for, for Tyler Wall. But for him to be out on the floor, you have to be a threat. There was a time Chucky came off a ball screen, got in the paint, threw it back to him. And he just kind of looked at the rim, swung it. And then, the, you know, Chucky had to make another play, which, as you know, that's taxing on a guard. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I would say, yeah, for negatives, I, I think we had a great opportunity to stomp on their throat there in the second half. I mean, since the ball, I think, was out. Uh, was he? Did he foul out super early in that game? I and mean, he was out. Uh, the head coach uh, got ejected. So we had a chance to really, you know, once we got it up to 18 or even, you know, when I was sitting at 10, 12, we had a chance to just put it away. And that's the one thing this team has struggled with. It has been that. They've, they've only had one game all year against like a real team, you know, where they've won by more than five points. So every game they've won has been a one possession game, uh, you know, winning by one, winning by three, winning by five, every single game. And I felt like this was a chance for them to, to really, um, you know, get out of that funk and really put it on somebody and close it on strong and, and take it to that next level. And unfortunately, down the stretch there, as you said, they just got really stagnant. Um, let Ohio State get back into it. And quite frankly, we're almost you know, fortunate to come out with a win there after being up by so much. So uh, I would totally agree with you on your on your negatives there and just kind of harp on the fact that when you have a chance uh, on the road to really stop, you know, stop on a team's throat and have them quit with the way they've been playing, it was right there for the taking. And they just didn't, uh, you know, maybe didn't do it as well as uh, we would yeah, hope. Had, a, had an 18-point lead that dwindled away, dwindled into two, I believe, and missed, uh, and Ohio State missed a free throw to cut it to one. Um, I guess what what are some of the things because we've talked about pace and offensive stagnance or uh, being offensively stagnant uh, at length on this show. So for you, what are some of the things um, that contribute to those negative those negative attributes on offense when we get stagnant? What do you what do you see the problem is with that or why do those things happen? I guess if you have an opinion on it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of it comes from our offense is predicated by playing out of the post. So a lot of it, what we're doing is we're getting the ball to Stephen Crowell or Carter Gilmore when those guys are out, and and you're just back down, back down, back down, and all of a sudden you kick it out. You know, there's seven, eight on the shot clock, and you're maybe getting it to a to a guy who's maybe not a super offensive threat or, or putting them in a tough position. So when you rely on the post that much, and 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 you're just you know, backing down over and over again. Yeah, good things can happen, but also, you know, it can lead to those those ruts there. And just you're not getting anything easy. You're not getting out in transition. You're not getting, you know, drives, you know, moving the ball around a little bit. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. And then when you don't have that go-to just like bucket getter, you know, guy you're going to give it to, you know, 2010, 2011, we were going to get the ball in your hands and and you were going to make a play. Uh, you know, Chucky's, you know, close to that. He, he is at times. Uh, Tyler Wall's decent in the post, but we don't have that one just go-to score when, hey, they're on a 6-0 run. We haven't scored two and a half minutes. What are we going to do? What's our go-to bread and butter? Uh, and we don't really have that other than get the ball in the post to a Stephen Crowell, you know, Tyler Wall, and let them kind of work, work, work. And that's grinding and taxing after a long time. So 
that's just what I think after a long, you know, Big Ten season that can kind of add up. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And actually, one thing we've talked at length also about how great Coach Guard is adjusting, especially with X's and O's. Um, he's pretty creative offensively, I think, um, you know, relatively speaking. And I actually would like to see out of those post-ups, maybe Stephen Crowell, if you or whoever, Carter Gilmore, if you don't have it, Tyler Wall, you know, get uphill with the dribble handoff and then get in the pocket and stuff yeah, like exactly. that. Um, which would be interesting to see if they if they can get into that. It's an easy way for guards to get downhill and create speed and pace. Um, so that's one thing I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep my eye on, and hopefully that's something they can they can add in. Especially like you said, if you can't immediately make the play because you know you start backing down for three four seconds, like all right, you know what I'm saying get off the ball. It's almost like it's really equivalent to a guard who just kind of dribbles all around the perimeter and just doesn't pass the ball and then ends up with a crazy shot at the end, which I think actually Tyler ended up doing. He, I think he dribbled the ball for like 23 seconds, one possession at the end of the game <laughs> and then ended up. And, yeah, yeah. you know, to your point, that's one of those one of those things that happens um, with the with the style of offense. Yeah. But you don't. Yeah. And you don't really have that spark off the bench anymore with Connor starting, which I think, he, you know, it's a good, good move to get him in the starting lineup, get a little spark. But beyond that starting five, you know, who's coming in and really making a spark when those starters have played 28 minutes and maybe in foul trouble a bit. You know how how can how can that next guy come in and just just get you something going offensively? Whether it's an offensive rebound, getting out transition, something, uh, being a lockdown, you know, three point shooter. Um, so that's missing. No a question. Bit. And I think we need that's where that's where Jordan Davis comes into play. That's where we need him uh, greatly. I think um, if if Connor's going to start, Jordan then has to be that guy, which he has been at times. I think Northwestern did a great job. Had a fifteen point night. Did a great job at. Uh, at, at keeping Northwestern at um, Chase Audage uh, on his toes and making him guard as best he could. Also, 13 for 22 from the free throw line against Ohio State. Uh, that's something. Obviously, Wisconsin has always prided ourselves on being a good free throw shooting team, but 65% from the free throw line is something else, especially especially when you get stagnant offensively. Like, you got to be shooting the ball. you got to be shooting free throws at a higher clip for certain. Yeah, 22 is a good number, though. I mean, get the line 22 Thanks. times, that's, I guess, on, on the row in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, that's positive. Um, but, yeah, you got to knock them down. I, I don't know if it was, you know, wrong guys getting there. I know Tyler Wall missed a few lates, and, you know, he's up and down at the line. But generally, he's going to, you know, make more than he misses. So, uh, yeah, the 22 number is good. If they can keep that going consistently, uh, it'll be tough to beat. All right. Now, you know the ropes now. So, because you do, I'll let you go ahead and lead it off with things you did like about that Ohio State game. There was a ton of, ton of positives, <laughs> ton of positives to draw from. Um, so I'll give you the low hanging fruit and let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I, well, they lost three straight going in that game, so I think coming off to a you know eight zero start, you know ten zero start on the mm-hmm. road uh, against a team who is who is you know reeling a bit, I think that's a huge positive. You know, playing in an environment like that, the last thing you want to do is get down and be playing from behind. So to to, to get out on top pretty quickly uh, and have Connor Sejan, the one leading the way there early on get a guy who just recently got into the starting lineup. You're trying to get him confidence as a freshman to be more aggressive, uh, you know, get things going for himself and his teammates. That was, that was a huge positive. And, you know, talked about it earlier, but best players out, you know, coach gets ejected. That means, you know, we were kind of doing what Wisconsin does. We were, we were taking away what they wanted to do, frustrating them, um, you know, chesting up and, and playing good defense without fouling, which frustrated their, their better players and their coach. So, we were doing what Wisconsin, you know, typically does uh, in that fashion, just getting off to a hot start uh, and getting to the free throw line. I thought was a was a positive for the squad. Yep, Connor's season led the way with 17 points and seven rebounds. And honestly, one of the things again that we've talked about, obviously, me and John, we both love Connor's season, and I'm sure you do. I think he's, yeah, 
I don't know if there's a better offensive freshman in recent memory. Maybe you. <laughs> Maybe you, but no, really, like a better offensive freshman than God. <laughs> you know, you're not co-signing that. Me, I, I mean, Sam. Obviously, I, I have like five a game. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was, I was, <laughs> I was trying to, I was trying to show you some love. I was trying to show you some love. But yeah, I think like <laughs> Sam, yeah, cool Sam, you know, Sam obviously more athletic, and I think I don't know if Sam would agree with this or not. Sam's more athletic, but I think from a skill perspective, just being like Connor has so much gravity offensively already. Um, that I think Sam did maybe getting downhill and getting in the lane and stuff like that. But, you know, Connor is able to just be a decoy. He's able to create. He's able to run off screens. He's able to get to the paint. He's always making the right decision, it seems, for the most part. Um, so one thing I really liked was early. They got him involved in some, you know, in a, you know, got involved in a, in a little flex cut or swing cut and then got him the ball early, got him a layup. And then cut him off some pin downs and then right, went right into a decoy, a double stagger, and got in a ball screen on the weak side right away. So, you know, I think he's he's kind of the guy on our team that gets rid of that is alleviates the stagnant offense. And I think he's really the only guy yes. that can do that um consistently, although I really did like the fact that Chucky was really aggressively attacking the paint this game. More so, and he has been more and more each week, which is great to see. He's been getting a lot of paint touches. He's been putting pressure on the defense. Um, and that those two together, like the, obviously for Wisconsin to make the tournament and make a deep run, if they're doing that, I think they're an entirely different team. And then hopefully you get Tyler Wall back into his rhythm. And I really think you have a team that can make some noise in the tournament if, if, though, if that's the case. Yeah. But again, you know, it's a sophomore and a freshman who are trying to, you know, find their, find their way. But I think they're doing an amazing job right now. And then also the other thing I like was Coach Guard was kind of in his bag, I thought, with uh, with some of his sets. You know, he we saw some flex. Sets, we saw yeah. Princeton. We saw, like I said, the, the staggers away with the ball screen on the opposite side. Like that, It didn't look like Wisconsin basketball, honestly, especially in that first half. I can't remember a better offensive first half of basketball from Wisconsin uh, in a minute, yeah. 43 points. But it wasn't just the points. It was the way they were getting into actions and the pace. But to your point, then yeah, in the second half, you know, kind of went back to that, you know, run out the clock, run, run on the shot clock, and got away from that those actions. But yeah, going back to your counterpoint, I think, you know, one thing that I think you guys, you and I have talked about back in our days, and I mean, even a guy like Sam Decker, mm -hmm. you know, most guys who come into the college program are, are used to having their ball in the hands, you, you know, mm -hmm. a lot. They're playing with the ball, they're playing the one, they're they're controlling every everything and dictating the, you know, the game with the ball in their hands. I actually got a chance to talk to Connor, you know, for the first time, like last week. And he was talking about how in high school, he would just run around, like, like kind of create, like he didn't have the ball in his hands much in high school. So he was playing off the ball and got really good at moving without the ball and kind of a little like Ben Bruss probably was. And, you know, guy who didn't have the ball in his hands as much, but you know, I myself spent my whole life playing basketball with mm -hmm. the ball in my hands, you know, playing the one and just dictating, you know, I had think Connor to come into a program like this and to not have that, you know, in his back pocket his whole life. You're seeing it, how good he is at moving without the ball and trying to create offense and doing a lot of those, you know, wraps and coming right off and, and being ready to fire, mm -hmm. ready to fire that thing right when he gets it. So, and that comes with just what, how he's used to playing the game and how he likes to play the game that fits perfect to what we need is that aggressive guy who's going to move without the ball and create some pace and tempo uh, in the half court. 100%. 100%. And the other good thing was, like you said, Bryce Sensabaugh didn't play most of the second half. 
but the Badgers built their lead with him in the game. I mean, he was killing us, but he's he's a tough player. Yep. <laughs> 13 points or 11 points, I think, yep. in the first half, and then maybe two before he went out in the second half. But, um, yeah, to your point about Connor, his his gravity, um, his gravity without the ball is is incredible. It's it's, I mean, obviously, I don't want to drag it. It's Steph Curry like. Obviously, it's not not to that level, but um, it it has that element to his game, which is which is really special. Um, to your point, and then again, I just want to continue. A continue just harping on Chucky. I thought he played uh, amazing. I thought he played one of his best games statistically. Obviously, you know he. I think he had fifteen and three, so it wasn't like a crazy statistical game for him. But just again, the way he was getting in the paint and controlling the game and guarding and doing all that, I thought he was he was really really solid. Really really solid. Yep. So that's a perfect stat line: fifteen, fifteen, and whatever, and have it be quiet and just control and dictating the tempo and pace of the game and. Doing it on both ends of the court, that's that's a Chucky that, that we need. We don't need him scoring 28 and being all flashy. You know, just control, the, be the point guard, get everyone around you better. And, 100%. Well spoken, well said, my boy, Yash Yasa. Lenny Jordan Taylor-esque <laughs> is Chucky <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> I might say that. I'll try to be a little Chucky, yes, man. He's a, he's a great player, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> you got something to say? You got, I know you got something to say. He, he's a point Clive version, Jordan. Let's not give him that much credit. Let's be honest, Wait, but he's getting there. He'll I'm still trying there. to figure out how I can become your favorite Badger again ahead of Frank, but it might be dead. No day, it might be over. It might be tough. Take me, take me to a national title, and I'll, you'll be my favorite. Wait. <laughs> uh, well, so I'll see what I can do and see if I can reapply for eligibility. Man, I need some of that nil money anyway. <laughs> Well, listen, man, listen, man, let's move forward to the scouting report this week, man. We got a, a unique situation because we are currently recording um, during the Northwestern game. I think we both kind of have that. Well, I have it on uh, in the background. I think you probably do, too. Um, let's keep, yeah, yeah, keep keeping your eye on it. So we'll, we'll kind of start there, obviously, um, as the game's going on. Just, you know, it's 26-23 to start the second half. Badger started a little slow, caught and uh, pulled it closer here to end the first half. They lost the last game, uh, 66-63, three-point contest. Uh, some some rough late-game execution, uh, I thought, from from the Badgers. Ended up with some tough shots from Chucky down the stretch and just didn't get into what they wanted to do. However, I thought they did do a good job with uh, with Boo Booey and Chase Audage, uh, even though they, they both had a good night, but I thought they made them work for it. Uh, the 20-16, and 16, or 27-5 and five for Boo Booey, 16-3. and three. For Chase Audage, but I, I did think they worked hard for it. Um, but as this game goes on, I guess what are what are your thoughts um, for this second half here, and what do, what do you think uh, is going to be the key? It looks like it's going to come down to another close, uh, a couple possession games as usual. Oh, always, always going to be that. Yeah, I mean, man, I just remember the days of we're coming in the Cole Center. Man, teams like this just didn't didn't get up on you early, right? I mean, it's it's, it's you got you know we've already lost a couple at home, so. And it's almost around the country, though, I feel that way. But, yeah, just kind of got to get the crowd into it. Uh, again, 23 points, you know, what are you supposed to do? You know, so the team's just got to get get something going here to start the half. And I was actually at that Illinois game where similar kind of feel as this game, where it's a low-scoring game in the first half. And, you know, at some point you got to put it on them a little bit and, and get on a little run because, you know, one of the teams is, and in the Illinois game I was at, they went on a little 12-0 run, and it was it was over from there. So, you know, we hung around enough. We, we didn't play a great first half so far. Um, but at some point, 
you gotta you, you gotta you know go on a little run here especially at home get the crowd into it get yourself feeling feeling positive and uh you know that hasn't happened yet this game so hopefully they gotta keep Yo, it going chucky just hit a three to not the score at 26 and then a big stop here it's gonna send it the other way with 18 minutes left it is another it is a big game for for the tournament uh for tournament implications we're sitting at Five and six in the Big Ten, 13 and eight overall, and Northwestern's 15 and seven and six and five. Um, but yeah, to your point, it is it is one of those things where it, it makes you wonder what what happened kind of to the home court advantage um, at the Cole Center. I don't know if it's gone because I think we do still obviously play relatively well at the Cole Center. Um, but, you know, Wisconsin is just with Northwestern's changed up their style as well. They play, I think they play a little more aggressive, especially defensively. Um, as we hit another three, there it is to, to two back-to-back threes to start the go. half, first lead of the night. Um, but Northwestern has switched go. up their style, so it, I think it, it makes it a little bit more. And another stop, uh, crowd getting into it's kind of cool doing this, doing this live. First time we've ever done this, honestly. Um, but yeah, speaking into existence, yeah, speaking into existence, that's exactly how it is. So, um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think when teams play us physical. It's we again, that's where Connor has to be. Connor and Chucky have to be aggressive. They have to be aggressive. But again, it takes a big toll on them when you're getting bumped and and kind of pushed off your spot. So it has to be, you know, other guys There has to be other outlets to try and relieve them of what they have going on. And to me, that's got it where Tyler Wall's got to get his rhythm back in. And that's where he's really a difference maker. Yeah, I think he's lost that a little bit from his from his ankle injury and you can't blame him. I mean, anytime you're coming off an injury. It's going to take you some time, but but again, even just watching part of that first half, you know, Northwestern just just got a couple easy baskets out in transition off of off of misses or turnovers, and they were just getting easier shots than we were for a few minutes there, uh, where everything we were getting was was a challenge. So it seems like the start of the second half, we're we're moving it better, we're we're, we're getting some good looks and knocking them down, and that's all you need to to get that confidence. And once you got the crowd behind you and you start start feeling it on your home court, especially against a team like Northwestern who isn't you know, it's just called a Michigan State. You know, you can, you can, you can bury them a little bit once you get going. So, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred. Keep it going, hundred percent. So we'll assume I, me and John vowed to stop giving guarantees because I gave a Chuck Bark, a Charles Barkley guarantee to the last Northwestern game. And yeah, I, ta- I, I, I talked to I talked to Gardo in his office, and he said that you were like, yeah, you don't need to worry about Northwestern, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> little did you know they're actually using this. Yeah, year. So, yeah, I, I, I said I'm gonna stop doing that on the show, man. So we'll just we'll just you know continue to <laughs> continue to support and and believe that we'll get this one done. Uh, this one done tonight. And then look forward to Penn State. Penn State, um, again, another another one of those teams like Northwestern historically, but who's sitting at fourteen and nine, right below the Badgers, five and seven. Uh, they lost today, um, so five and seven in the Big Ten. They've lost two in a row, but a good team. Uh, we barely beat them, sixty three sixty at the Kohl Center, and they're much better at home. Uh, they have several guards who the Badgers have struggled. To, the Badgers have struggled with guards this year. I feel like more so than in, in recent uh, in recent memory. But Jalen Pickett's one of the best guards in the in the Big Ten, and in my opinion, in the country. So Seventeen points, eight rebounds, and seven assists a game. That's a Denzel Valentine type That's stat nuts. line. Um, what was Evan Turner back in the day? He had to been yeah, like that. He's National like. Player of the Evan Year, Turner, so yeah, he, was, he was up there. Yeah, he was up there. Seth Lundy. Those numbers are hard to get in the Big Ten. Hard to get in college those basketball in general. Hard to get anywhere outside the NBA, to be honest with you. So it's uh, that that's a that's impressive. Yeah. Or maybe a couple countries in Asia, it's uh, it's a little bit easier. But Seth Lundy averaging fourteen and six, 
Um, he, they, the Badgers held him to two points last game. And then you have Andrew Funk, who's averaging 12 points a game, who went above his average. But overall, I think that the key was kind of shutting down Seth Lundy. Penn State runs a lot of pin down actions. And obviously with the soft drop that we play, that's a tough action for us to defend. So I guess in your opinion, what are the keys to uh, to get that one done? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're a team that plays that four or five out style, shoot a lot of threes. And I think, you know, Jalen Pickett seems to be a guy who likes to get to the rim and look for his teammates first. But the way that we play defense, right, we're not gonna we're not gonna help too too far off of shooters. We're not gonna overhelp. We're not gonna do those things. So um, we just gotta control Jalen Pickett and make him a scorer and hope that he doesn't go off for, you know, 24, 28 and 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 make him a passer to where we're there. I think that's what led to our, you know, Seth Lundy only scoring a bucket in the last game was, you know, we just don't overhelp off those guys. But playing at Penn State, you know, one thing that Penn State does, they play hard, especially at home. So it's going to be a different type of environment, you know, traveling out out east, you know, it can be a tough game. So um, certainly it's going to be all about defending the three-point line and trying to clean up the, the misses on, on the long rebounds and, and get out and trying to get some easy baskets. 100%. I, th- I feel like the game is changing in that sense where – you know, a dude like Jalen Pickett, you're almost like he's going to probably be efficient and probably get his numbers. Like Even when E.T. was doing his thing, it was still kind of like you tried to make it tough on him and make him shoot inefficiently, which obviously you want to do still now. But now it seems like you're almost con- good. The game has changed in a way we're almost good conceding the best player, kind of his numbers and kind of cutting everybody else's water off the best you can in that situation. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that would that was the case at some points back in the day as well, but that just seems to be intensified nowadays. So if we can if we can hold Seth Lundy to another yeah. rough night, run him off the line, uh make his make make it tough for him to make it tough for him to get his feet set and uh and uh and get going that I think will be will be in good shape. But like you said, Penn Happy Valley here is a it's a tough place to play. Uh it's like that that hotel I don't know if they still say I don't know. I don't know if they still stay in that same hotel, but it's just like it's cold. It just feels cold out there, man. It feels cold. It always feels like you're playing there. Well, I don't even know what day we're playing, but it always feels like it's like a Wednesday at nine yeah, p.m. It's cold. Yeah. It's dark. It's just like the middle of the. Oh man, it's just it's a grind out game to win there. Now they're 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 better than they usually are, and they got Jalen Pickett, the guy who can you know, might be the best player on the court. So. Yeah, it's gonna be yep, a tough one. and they got they got a couple they got a couple tough wins I believe I can't remember I think they got Indiana there early on they got a tough a couple tough wins out there um, at Happy Valley and depending how this game goes with Northwestern I mean it might be you know it might be a huge frenzy tournament I think they're on the first four out right now and I think we're kind of hanging out on that you know first four and first four out so that's gonna be a, a big for NCAA tournament implications, obviously the Big Ten tournament. Yep. But, and yeah. you beat me to it because that is the word on campus this week. We are going to talk about the NCAA tournament with it coming up here in just four short weeks. You know what time it is, the most exciting time of the year. I think in basketball, maybe anywhere, man. Uh, obviously, you know you went deep in the tournament. Uh, two Sweet 16 appearances, like we mentioned, two Final Four appearances. All you know is winning the tournament. Right now, the Badgers are on the first four out according to it actually just popped up on this game according to uh mike DeCourcy. um so i guess you know what i'd never understood the the projections i don't know what they're doing i don't know i don't even know i don't even think they know what they're doing i think i've always thought that stuff was just nonsensical but what 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 do you what what do you think well, about the badgers current projection 
I mean, this whole, oh man, we just got a quad one win, quad one, whatever, you know, that means beating Ohio State. It's like, why is that a quad one? So someone beats, someone beat Indiana beats Purdue. That's the same quad one stance as us beating a team who lost nine to 10, like who's not even, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's just, but we'll take it. I mean, apparently that resume got better by beating up pretty average team so with the with wisconsin we're shoot right now we're at four five six seven eight nine tenth in the big 10 right now as of while this game is going on can slide up into a tie for eighth um how many teams are going to get into the ncaa tournament from the big 10 do you see do, do you feel probably eight eight to ten probably like always it always it always feels like we got that eight eight seems to be the number um so we can sneak into the top eight and you know i think we're a game out of third place so yeah we're in tenth right now but we're you know we take care of northwestern here we're a game out with uh, a nice you know favorable schedule coming up a lot of home games um you know no purdue um uh, it's really the only you know maybe team you're, you're scared of michigan state no no purdue michigan state so I don't know, we, it's right there in front of us to just all we got to do is take care of business, not worry about that stuff. But yeah, it feels like eight's probably the magic number that's that's going to that's gonna get it done. Eight is, see, so do you feel that the Big Ten is down this year or do you feel like all the teams are just beating each other up? Um, <laughs> I think the Big Ten is, is okay. I think, it's, I think it's pretty good. I think it, like a team like Northwestern and Penn State and Rutgers, those are good teams. Those are nice, 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 solid teams. When maybe back when we were playing, those teams were weren't as good. Um, but I, you know, I tend to ju- judge the Big Ten based on how's Michigan State, how's Wisconsin, how's Purdue, how's you know Ohio State, Michigan, those teams that are typically at the top. And I think if you ask those coaches on those teams and the fan bases, you know, I'd say those teams are majority down this year. You know, I think if you ask a Michigan fan, again, you know of the last 15 years, this is a below average team. And same with, you know, Wisconsin, potentially Ohio State, obviously, and some of these top teams. So, I don't know. I don't judge the Big Ten being great based on how Penn State and Rutgers and Northwestern, not to be disrespectful, but that's just, you know. <laughs> but, but you're being so, disrespectful, think, yeah. That, that, that's what, the preface well, for no, being I mean, disrespectful, yeah. They trash. That's what you're trying to say. I mean, there's that SEC, the, SEC, SEC football isn't better if Alabama's down and, and – Vanderbilt's good like you know it's just you have to have the teams that are you know competing to go far in the tournament so yeah we might get a lot of teams in and and I think the Big Ten is good like every night you you have to show up there isn't that team that you can just um, so we have a lot of like pretty good nice really you know good teams but is there that you know three or four that are like man that's that's a final four caliber good team there's there's three or four you know I don't know if we have that um, but generally, the depth of the conference is is awesome. I think I don't know. We I don't know what you think of the conference, but I think that I, you yeah. know what it, it's tough for me to say because honestly, um, I feel like when you get older, I feel like you revere you revere the the older guys. You know, when you're young, so like coming up, you're like, oh, Devin Harris um, or whoever, you know, Frank Williams, whoever it was playing, Chris Humphreys, you're like, those dudes were amazing. Like the big 10 so good. But then when you're older, you always look at the younger guys, like, man, I'll bust it. Like, I'll kill him. Like, he's not like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I think that's just the, I'm here. Right. So like, I've always, I think I'm a little jaded with how I look at the conference now. And I'm always like, uh, was it as good? Like, cause I remember like Jukes Thompson and, you know, then shoot Evan Turner, Demetri McCamey, like, 
all these dudes, Kalen Lucas, like it was guards every night. Right now, there's a lot of good guards, but to me, it doesn't feel like that. But I could, I honestly, like I said, I could be dead wrong. But it's, I mean, to your point, Purdue's what, number one in the country? I, is this Purdue team better than Juwan Johnson, Etwan Moore, yeah. Robbie Hump? Like, like I, I don't, I don't <laughs> see that. I don't, I don't see that personally. So I do feel like the conference. I feel like it is down this year a little bit. Even I don't think Purdue is as good this year as they were last year. Even and but clearly they're you know they're winning a lot of games. So it's hard to knock it. I don't know what that says about the state of college basketball or whatever. But I think part yeah I think part of it though I think my jadedness comes from so many guys have transferred in that like I don't remember any, know any of these names that much until you know the games happen like the sharp sharp kid from Illinois like. I don't. I didn't know who that was. You know, four four weeks ago, four months ago, and the kids are good. I mean, there's a lot of kids that you just haven't heard of much here in the Big Ten uh, who are doing it. So, um, and, and then at the end of the day, it's a guards game. You know, NCAA tournament, and it feels like a lot of the Big Ten teams, their offense runs through the five man. You know, you know, Purdue's Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson at Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, all these teams. It feels like the best player. What they do is is going like Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, so, you know, you'd like to see that guard play go up even 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 to a higher level to take take the conference to the next step, which, you know, like last year in the NCAA tournament, I think that that cost the conference from really, you know, advancing past, you know, the round of 32. But that was kind of a detriment. But yeah, it's a good conference. No, no doubt. I love the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's deep. I think all these teams are good, but you know, we'll have to see. Plays you know, out. And I also think because you uh, we, we do have a good relationship with uh, with the people over at Are You Listening podcasts, you know, Austin Johnson and Geo Baker. I got I got to show Rucker some love. Um, I think Steve, Steve Peichel has done a great job with the program there, um, as well as Shrewsbury over here at Penn State um, and Chris Collins in Northwestern as well, to the point where, you know, it used to be, you know, Northwestern, you're looking really the good teams. If you're you should be beating those teams twice, you should be beating Rutgers twice. You should be beating Penn State at the I mean, for sure once and, you know, probably twice. Yeah. Um, and Northwestern for sure uh, should be in, in a good year. You're beating them twice. So it's also a credit to them that, you know, Ohio, Ohio State's three and nine right now. And that's obviously not a cakewalk win. Nebraska just knocked off Penn State. So I think maybe it is uh, an indicator that maybe the conference is better because you're not going to Rutgers penciling that in as a win. You know, you're not going to Penn State penciling that in as a win. And aside from Minnesota right now, all the teams are challenging. So I think, you know, maybe that's a nod that the conference is, is you know, up. It's, it's, it's tough to say. I think it, yeah. Yeah, I think, that, I think each, each team in the conference has, has a great – Cultures and coaches right now. You know, the, the Shrewsbury at Penn State seems to be a great hire, the what he's doing with that team. I got a chance to play Coach Collins, you know, when he first came into Northwestern. They run some good mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, they run some good offensive stats with good pace, good, you know, pro-style offense that it's it's really hard to defend. So I have a lot of respect for Northwestern, and then what they've done, Rutgers is tough as nails. They're kind of like a Wisconsin where you're, you're just typically not going to pull away from them, so they're, they're super tough. Um, so, you know, all these teams that are typically at the bottom – they're tough. They're, they're tough. They're not, you know, like Northwestern coming into Wisconsin, although we lost to him my junior year, but typically was a win, you know, guaranteed. <laughs> so, but um, it's, it's a battle. That being, that being said, uh, Wisconsin's got Penn State on the road, like we mentioned, Nebraska on the road, at home for Michigan, at home for Rutgers. 
at home for Iowa and then going to Michigan. That's the next six games before they take before they host Purdue um, at home and then close up with with Min- or then close up on the road at the barn with Minnesota. That's the remainder of the schedule. So a lot of chances to make some noise and, and make a make a stronger case to get into the tournament, which I believe that they will as they're finally healthy, fully healthy. And I think hopefully starting to gel here um, late in the Big Ten season on the second half of the Big Ten season. So we will close it up with that, man. Josh, we definitely appreciate you joining us, man, being our guest host this week. I know you're going to come back and, and join us again. And also you have some more content. Uh, some short form content for us. I know that you're going to do. So I'm sure people will be excited to see that everybody listening, make sure to go ahead and follow us on all socials. That's Twitter, IG and TikTok with the handle at beyond the big 10 and also on YouTube beyond big 10. That is the number not spelled out. That is another episode of a shot of whiskey podcast. Make sure you check that out on Spotify or Apple podcast or anywhere else you get your podcast. I am Jordan Taylor for my man, Yash Yasa. Appreciate y'all. And we'll catch y'all next time. Beyond the Big Ten is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things Big Ten. We cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni, aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team. Hosted by ex-Big Ten players, media, and insiders, our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.